Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. So today I thought I would walk you along my journey with executive dysfunction. The highs, the lows, the struggles, and honestly, the triumphs, because there have been some almighty triumphs. So It all starts about three years ago at this point. Let me set the stage for you. Um, I was pregnant. (laughs) I was not a life coach or a content creator yet. I was a freelance writer and a for fun blogger. Um, And I worked from home. My job was to keep the house in working order, to write a couple of freelance articles a week, and to publish to my blog when I could. That's what I had on my plate. And at the time, I thought it was nothing. I thought I had practically nothing on my plate. And the fact that I was struggling with it just made me feel so unbelievably pathetic, which is frustrating because looking back, that's a full load of work, you know? Keeping up a house is no small feat. And freelance writing could be a full-time job. I didn't have enough work for it to be a full-time job, but it was a part-time job. And then my blog was another part-time job on top of the part-time job of keeping up the house. So I had three part-time jobs, essentially. Plus, I was growing a human, you know? (laughs) I had a lot more going on than I gave myself credit for. So I think that's the first lesson that I want you to take away from my story, which I know has barely even begun at this point. Um, (laughs) But the first lesson I want you to take away is if you feel like nothing is on your plate, like you are struggling with just the utmost basic of tasks, um, I want you to take a step back and recognize that you are probably doing a heck of a lot more than you are giving yourself credit for. Okay, so it's three years ago. I am struggling with what I considered to be very basic tasks, but looking back are probably a little more complex than I was giving myself credit for. And this is when my executive dysfunction was probably at an all-time low, Um, or I guess at an all-time high. It was at its worst. Um, (laughs) And that's because this was the first time in a very, very long time that I wasn't depressed. I had been depressed for years, and my executive dysfunction went hand-in-hand with my depression. But this was the first time in a very long time, possibly in my life, that I was experiencing executive dysfunction without the additional presence of depression. See, when I'm depressed and I experience executive dysfunction, it sort of makes sense. The world feels like it's fucking ending when I'm depressed. It feels like there is no point in anything and like I am the worst human to ever have been conceived. It makes sense that I don't want to do anything when I'm that depressed. That makes sense to me. But when I'm not depressed and I experience executive dysfunction, it feels like... I am just the laziest, worst person on earth. Like, what is wrong with me that I'm not getting things done even though I feel good? 
I'm not depressed. This is the time I'm supposed to be productive because I'm depressed so often that I have to get as much done as possible when I'm not depressed, or at least that was the outlook I used to have. And three years ago was the first time in a long, long time that I wasn't depressed. And it was maybe the first time I had ever experienced executive dysfunction without the additional presence of depression. And it threw me for a loop, you guys. I did not know what was going on. I did not know what was wrong with me. I did not know why I was behaving this way, why I was completely incapable of getting anything done, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how badly I wanted to. Then flash forward about two years or so, so about one year ago from now, um, everything was different. My depression was still relatively under control, and now so was my executive dysfunction. And you might be thinking, okay, Megan, you said you were going to take us on the journey. Like, why would you just skip ahead like that? And the truth is because I was not aware I was on an executive dysfunction journey for a long time, (laughs) for most of the journey itself, to be honest. I had no idea what was going on. To me, it felt like one day I just woke up and I was able to get stuff done again. And I was like, surely I did not just blink and fix everything. Something changed. And I need to figure out what it is that changed. And so that's why I'm telling you the story this way, because my journey sort of took place out of order. It There was struggle and then it was better. And I, I didn't understand what the difference was. I didn't know what I was doing differently. And so I had to go back and analyze that year, that year or two years where I made all that progress. I had to go back and analyze what I did, what I was thinking, how I was behaving, what had changed. And the first thing I realized that I was doing differently is that I had learned the term neurodivergent. That was the beginning of my journey. Actually, I think technically the beginning of my journey is when I discovered ADHD, became completely obsessed with it and certain that I had it, although now I am less certain. Um, <laughs> and uh, But my obsession with ADHD led me to the term neurodivergent and neurodivergence in general and neurodiversity and really led me to where I am today, um, both in my personal life, in my mental health journey, and in my professional life. And I think the reason everything started to change once I learned about neurodivergence is because I had a reason, right? That was what was so confusing to me when I was experiencing executive dysfunction in the absence of depression. Depression used to be my reason for executive dysfunction. It made it all make sense. So when I was experiencing executive dysfunction without the depression, it was like I I didn't understand what was going on. And neurodivergence gave me an explanation. It said, look, some people's brains are predisposed to experience executive dysfunction at a much higher level than what is quote unquote normal. And I realized I must be one of those people. I must be neurodivergent because here I was experiencing a crap ton of executive dysfunction all the time. And once I realized I was neurodivergent, it gave me permission to deal with this in a neurodivergent way instead of dealing with it with shame-based motivation or, you know, white-knuckling my way through everything or shaming myself for being a crappy, lazy, horrible human being, right? 
all of a sudden I had permission to say, no, some people genuinely struggle with this. And I'm one of those people. My struggles are very real and need to be taken seriously in order to properly deal with them. So that's the first thing that I think changed. The next thing that changed is actually a medication change. Um, <laughs> so I am not going to tell you which medications I'm on because I don't want to promote them because every medication affects every person differently. Um, so there's no guarantee that just because something works for me, it's going to work for you. So I'm not going to tell you which medications I'm on. But we added an antipsychotic to my medication. I was already on an antidepressant, an SSRI, um, and we added an antipsychotic. Um, and that is because... Um, antidepressants in conjunction with antipsychotics can decrease suicidal thoughts, um, which I was profoundly struggling with at the time. And the addition of this antipsychotic, I think it has definitely worked the way it's supposed to. The suicidal thoughts are, you know, way down, definitely not nearly as big of a problem as they used to be, which is fantastic news for me, um, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but I also think it may have contributed to the improvement of my executive dysfunction because guess what? It's um, really hard to get stuff done when you don't want to be a person anymore. <laughs> um, and so the reduction of those thoughts has helped reduce my executive dysfunction as well. So I do want to say that I don't think the medication was the biggest part of this journey. I honestly think the biggest difference was made by just recognizing that I am neurodivergent. I, that's why I listed it first, because I think that was the biggest impact, honestly. Um, but I do want to mention that I did change my medication, and that could have something to do with it, because um, I want to give credit where credit is due. And my psychiatrist, while he is uh, not my favorite person in the world for reasons that we can get into another time, does seem to know his medications and has definitely prescribed me things that have worked for my brain, and I am grateful. The third thing that changed in this time period was I switched therapists because my husband and I got married and moved into our own house. And when we moved, we were no longer close to the therapist I was previously seeing, and the distance was just going to be too much. So I changed therapists and, um, yeah, speaking of credit where credit is due, this therapist was everything I needed at the time. And I am incredibly grateful to them and always will be. They gave me tough love, but they were also very patient and tender. It was everything that I needed. And I think they really understood the executive dysfunction on a deep level and not all therapists do. Um, and it was really profound and helpful to me to have a therapist who understood me on, on such a deep level. And finally, the fourth thing that I think was different that caused me to go on this journey of executive dysfunction improvement uh, was joining neurodivergent spaces. Oh my gosh, you guys, community. <laughs> community makes so much difference, especially when you grew up feeling like a freaking alien, feeling like you were the only one who was like you because... I don't know, around you, there's a good chance you were the only one who was like you and you were just made to feel so different and weird all the time. And it leads to a very lonely existence. And I think that's what I started doing differently as well. Um, in addition to those other things, I started joining spaces for neurodivergent folks, you know, Facebook groups, and I got on TikTok and 
Um, I started following neurodivergent creators on Instagram, mostly social media and everything. I didn't join any real life um, neurodivergent groups or anything, partially because of the pandemic and partially because that sounds really scary. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely recommend community when it comes to dealing with executive dysfunction because it's a lot easier to improve on these things when you have other people to learn from. Like, I didn't know what I didn't know about neurodivergence. There was so much uh, that I didn't know when I started. And I joined these communities, these groups, and I learned so much about what executive dysfunction even was and how it worked and how others coped. And I could borrow those coping mechanisms. And some of them worked for me. Some of them didn't, but a lot of them did. And that... Yeah, that was a huge part of my journey as well. So three years ago, my executive dysfunction was horrible. One year ago, I realized my executive dysfunction was much better. And I did a lot of reflection and realized that these are the things that led me to having a much improved executive dysfunction. And now I am a life coach who helps other people with their executive dysfunction by taking them through this exact same process. I took my experience with executive dysfunction, with figuring out about neurodivergence and community and all of that, and I put it all together into a program called Neurodivergent Magic. And I love this program, you guys. I love it so much. I am so dedicated to it, and I really can't wait for you to join it because it will take you through this exact journey that I have just walked you through on this podcast. We will reckon with your neurodivergence and the effect it has had on you and your life. We will learn to recognize what it is you truly need from this lifetime and how you can get it. And then we will implement some practical skills to help you achieve those goals on a day-to-day basis. So it has the emotional component, it has the practical component, and maybe most importantly, it has the community component because it is a small group coaching program. So there will be a maximum of 10 people in this upcoming round, and I... I just absolutely cannot wait. So if you're interested in joining, the deadline to join is April 3rd, and the link with more information is available in the show notes. I can't wait to see you all in Neurodivergent Magic. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you again next Saturday. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.